We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaito Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Those of us who live in San Francisco and the greater Bay Area rarely get down to Fisherman's Wharf, and for good reason. We're from here, and that large swath of the northern waterfront is geared almost entirely for tourists. Still, walking around down there, you can't help but wonder what it's like to visit here from out of town. Souvenir shops selling those very important sweaters and vests with San Francisco splayed across the front, chowder bowls, buskers. And whether you set out intentionally or you happen to stumble across it, just behind the iconic Fisherman's Wharf sign at Taylor and Jefferson lies a waterfront warehouse full of magic and wonder. This episode is all about San Francisco's own Musée Mécanique. When you enter Musée Mécanique, as you walk through the narrow pathways between penny arcade machines, antique gadgetry, and maybe a few arcade games from the 80s, you might spot a human in a dark blue work suit gliding happily around the place on roller skates. He has a friendly, slightly grizzled, I'm from here face, and a patch on his suit that reads, I work here. Meet Musée Mécanique's owner, Dan Zielinski. Are we like on a certain number pier here? Yes, this is pier 45. Five. 45. 45. Like the gun on your 45. hip. 45. Yeah, and an and age I used to be. Um, we are at Museum Mechanique at pier 45. And, yeah. and who the heck are you? I am Dan Zielinski. I am the previous owner of Musée Mechanique. This is a collection my dad started, Ed Zielinski. Uh, he started this collection back in 1933 when he got his very first machine. And uh, he just got, was enchanted by it and never looked back. He collected machines, coin-operated entertainment machines his entire life. Starting in 1933? Yeah. Um, you said you're the previous owner? Well, my dad. Oh, he's the previous owner. No. Oh, my dad, correct. You I, get, are the... I get backwards, so you're going to have to keep an eye out on me. I, I'll keep an eye and an ear out yeah. for you. But you're the current owner. Th there Mechanique. we are, the current yeah. owner. You you currently, would you say own and operate? I know you probably have, I own I know you, and you have at least one other person working with you. But. Oh, yeah, Tom, J Tom Johnson's out there always helping me. This is not a one-man show. This yeah. takes a lot of maintenance to keep everything here working. I can imagine. And I cannot do it myself. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Can we dig back into your family history? Because I know you said... Um, Depends on what you want to know. Well, I want to know how your dad came, like, you know, you know, where was he born? What did he do? What got him into maybe this stuff? Well, that's easy. Let's do so that. So my dad was born here in San Francisco. 
but the way he got involved with coin-operated machines is a delightful story. He was playing bingo one day at his school, and he won the bingo tournament. Happy 11-year-old young man. That gave him the opportunity to go on on the in the auditorium there was a stage and on the stage it had a big wheel of fortune on it and so he got to go up there and spin the wheel of fortune and it landed on the grand prize whoa so dad was just totally stoked except the grand prize was a case of oil for a car which he couldn't have cared less about so he took the oil home and he sold it to his piano teacher for 50 cents there was a store by his house that sold penny arcade machines and he bought a, a penny arcade machine for 50 cents. And he took it home, it was coin operated, it took pennies. And his mom and dad put pennies in it, his friends put pennies in it, he soon had another 50 cents, went out and bought another one. And he never looked back, he just kept collecting and anywhere he traveled, all over the country, all over Europe, Mexico, he was always looking for new toys to add to the collection. Now let's hear about Dan's dad moving to the North Bay and eventually raising a family that would include our host that day, Dan. When he, do you know, like, maybe if he'd find some machines that weren't necessarily for sale, but he would, he would ask and be like, can I buy that? There was a lot of wheeling lot and of dealing and, and right. hopeful dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, one awesome story is kind of backwards about what you're talking about. Uh, a friend of my dad wanted to buy a machine from my dad. Right. But it was, at that time, and probably still, one of the most popular slot machines, and everybody wanted it to this day. It's just awesome. It's a roulette wheel, mechanical roulette wheel. Okay. And so this gentleman offered my dad what it was worth, and then twice what it was worth, and then three times what it was worth. And my dad just said, I'm really sorry. I love this machine. It's in my collection. I'm keeping it. A year goes by, the guy comes back with another offer, more ridiculous, very high. Four my times. dad says, I'm sorry, it's really not for sale. So the guy comes back, which turned out to be the last time, because he offered my dad a house in Mill Valley. Oh my God. Two bedroom, one bathroom, two car garage, backyard. He said, I'll trade you this for that slot machine. My dad said, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, the wheeling and dealings and the stories that my dad have told me and I've watched him execute throughout the years have just been very entertaining. Yeah. Just very. I started out counting pennies. Okay. Our first location was in Tiburon under the Dock Restaurant. Oh. I think I started working there in the early 60s, mm -hmm. counting pennies two at a time. <laughs> and then I worked up to three at a time. And now I can do five at a time. Wow. I've come a long way. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to date you, but... Um, oh, please do. Okay. It took so much work to get to this point. Did you guys come around, you and your, and your sisters, maybe in the 60s? That's a guess. What was your question? When did you all... When did your dad start having children and having a family? Oh, uh, my sisters... Uh, uh, not uh, 48, my sister was born. Oh, okay. So late 40s into the 50s. Um, can you tell us what it was like... Growing up, going to your dad's place at the Cliff House? Well, yeah, but we'll get, let's go before that, because sure. it was all in the basement at home. Oh, okay. Before my dad had an arcade. So okay. I, we just grew up with all the pianos and automata and fortune tellers and slot machines in the basement. 
dynamite birthday parties. I bet. Lots of fun. Um, but you know, it's not as much fun as having a location that's open to the public. Right. Because if you're not sharing it with somebody, it's kind of old and boring. But as soon as you can make somebody happy, it's all worthwhile. And that's why I love working here, because yeah. making people happy is every single day. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I know. I walk in and like I started as soon as I started seeing some of the things moving and hearing Sal laugh, I'm just like, oh, I'm just. How can you not be happy here? Yeah, and, and sometimes when somebody's not happy, I can give them a refund, which is about a quarter. And okay. then they're happy again. Right. Yeah. So I, I really don't let them get away without being happy. Michelle and I wanted to talk to some visitors during our visit to Museum Ikeni to hear from them what it was like to find this magical needle in a haystack in the middle of tourist landia. First up, here are Rachel and Seamus from Philadelphia. Cool, you guys are from Philadelphia, um, just visiting on vacation, or? Um, Rachel's here for work, I'm just kind of following along. <laughs> oh, okay. You don't have to say what kind of work you do, but um, like working at an office out here, or? Um, I work at Punchline in Philly, and we have a Punchline here in San Francisco. I, I, this podcast loves the Punchline. <laughs> in fact, we just went back uh, maybe two or three months ago for our first time since the pandemic. And oh, cool. Yeah, so, so thank you for the work you do. <laughs> Making us laugh. So, um, uh, so, so, kind of work brought you guys out here. How did you find out about this place that we're in? This magical place. Uh, weren't you saying <laughs> Princess Diaries? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think it was filmed here, but they have games from the movie here. I guess. Oh, like they rented them or something. Like I think it used to be somewhere else, and they moved it to this location. It did used to be somewhere. It used to be out more on the ocean than than the bay. So, oh, okay. So I didn't even. Yeah get that yet in this podcast that the yeah, pieces from it were in the princess diaries yeah the laughing lady and laughing the, sal yeah. yeah and the arm wrestling guy julie Joy andrews, andrews wrestles the arm wrestling guy you guys are blowing my mind thank <laughs> you i picked the right people to talk to you um so that was kind of how you found out about the existence of music mechanique or we just saw it online earlier i yeah. saw it this morning on a map and then i was like oh i wonder if that's where that movie was and it was it's so really cool <laughs> yeah it's great have you seen any a place like this anywhere else? Like, is this? Do you feel like it's pretty unique? Yeah, I would say so. I think it's pretty unique. I'm, I'm kind of like surprised by all of the execution games. <laughs> That's like kind of a big like, what is this? What's happening? Here? It's a trip through some uh, rough history. Yeah, to say. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I editorialize. Uh, listen, they got to release uh, the last rights on PlayStation Four. They got to remaster um, Opium Den for the PlayStation or whatever. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, what has been y'all's favorite thing so far? Like, how long have you even been here? We just got oh, oh, but I mean, it, like, oh, in Museum Mechanique. Ten minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. so I caught you on the early end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, unless you have anything else to say, I'll leave you alone now to explore. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, for San Francisco or for yeah, this? Like, what's your favorite? I mean, I think it's a mix of, like, oh, this is really fun and, oh, this might be racist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So it's really just like whatever your attraction is at the moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
so many questions. Like, how did y'all get Sal? Was it already was Sal already part of the collection? Nope. Sal came. I got a phone call from the previous owner of Sal. He said, "I've got Sal. I don't want her. I want to sell her." He said, "Come on over." So I went over there, and there she was, covered up under a white sheet under a staircase. Just so, I mean, you couldn't even see it. And I said, "All right." I'll buy it. That's awesome. So I came back with a check, and he said, I changed my mind. Don't really want to sell it. Years and years went by, and I got a, a notice in the mail that an auction house had her up for sale. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, we'll never see that. Right. I mean, how many people are going to bid on this? Right. So, I mean, we didn't even go to my, the auction. My dad put in a silent bid, and we said, call me, right? Yeah. Anyway... Three weeks later, they called us. We got it. <laughs> not only did we get it, but there was not one other person that bid on it. And I would assume it's because everybody else thought what I thought. I'm not going to get that. There'll be so many people bidding on it. Right. So anyway, that's how we got her. Okay. And had she been at Playland until it closed? Is yep. that And then... then Time out then on the storage. field. Oh, yeah. Whether you love her or hate her, Laughing Sal is a true San Francisco legend. That's it for part one. Join us next week for part two, when we'll learn a little more of the history of Musée Mécanique. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fifth season, we have more than 190 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show. And drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.